0: Listening to Venture Church Podcast. For more information, visit www.jointheventure.com. So we're in Palooza, and we are, for the last four weeks, we've been going through uh, some different Dr. Seuss books to see. Uh, What truths of God we can find in them? Uh, It's kind of crazy. It's kind of quirky, but we found a lot of cool things. In first week, we we looked at Green Eggs and Ham, and and checked out this idea that God is just just relentlessly pursuing us with His love, just like the character in Green Eggs and Ham. The second week, we talked about what I believe is maybe the greatest titled book in the history of books. Gerald McBoing-Boing. We talked about Gerald McBoing-Boing by Dr. Seuss, and uh, talked about our weaknesses and how to overcome our weaknesses, and then last week we talked about Yertle the Turtle, another great book's title, uh, and this, this kind of ruthless king, and what it means to build a kingdom and, and kind of set God up as our king and, and really live for him. So it's been a really cool journey to go through all this. This week, I would be remiss if I didn't do probably one of the greatest Dr. Seuss books ever. In fact, it becomes the signature of his whole series, The Cat in the Hat. So, like the last couple weeks, I was like, who's ever heard of Gerald McBoing-Boing? And, like, two of you raise your hand. Who's ever heard of the Turtle? And, like, one and a half of you. And the other guy was just scratching his head. He's like, oh, not me. But this week, raise your hand if you've read The Cat in the Hat. Yes. Awesome. And then the three of you that didn't, you lied anyway because you got peer pressured into it. The Cat in the Hat. Classic story, right? And, um, you know... It was awesome. Uh, my, my daughter, she's four years old, and she's actually learning how to read a little bit. And it's really cool to, to follow her journey as she's learning how to read. And one of her favorite books to try to read is The Cat in the Hat. And so she brings it to me the other day. She's like, Daddy, you want to see me read The Cat in the Hat? I'm like, yes, absolutely. Let me see it. She goes, I can read the whole first page all by myself. I'm like, all right, let me see that. So she opens it up, and she says, uh, she says, the sun did not shine. It was too wet to play. So we sat in the house all that cold, cold, wet day. And I was like, awesome. You did so good reading. And she was like, yeah. You want me to read it again? I'm like, yeah, that would be good. Read that again. And so she's like, the sun did not shine. It was too wet to play. So we sat in the house all that cold, cold, wet day. I'm like, good job, bravo, great. And she was like, you want to see me do it again? (laughs) I'm like, yes. And she's like, I told you I could read this. Watch, I can read this. Without even looking at the book, <laughs> and she's like, looks up at the sky, and she closes her eyes, she's like the sun did not shine. It was too wet to play, so we sat inside all that cocoa one day. And she dead dead on looks at me. She goes, "See, I told you I could read it by myself." <laughs> and so anyway, it's it's a good book, and I remember uh, it, it is Mother's Day, and you know I remember my mom reading me "Cat in the Hat." Cat in the Hat is a story of this, this, this brother and sister, and they're stuck inside their house, and they're bored stiff because it's raining, and they can't go outside and play, but their mom is also kind of a neat freak, and she wants to keep the house clean. You remember that? And so they don't know what they're going to do with their day, and then suddenly out of nowhere this whimsical, awesome cat shows up, and he's got this candy cane striped hat on, and he shows up with his friends, thing one and thing two, and the thingamajigger or whatever they drive around in, and they're so excited to be there because th- this cat in the hat shows up with fun and games, and he's like, I will have fun then. That is funny and he goes around and he's like they're flying kites in the house and they're baking cakes and ruining the kitchen and knocking stuff over and they begin to make a mess. There's this little fish, remember the goldfish? He's in the bowl and he was like your mother will not like this. You must go now you know stuff like that. And 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 they don't listen to him and they trash the house. And so that's basically the story of the cat and the hat, right? That's kind of what goes on in the story. And here's the deal. We're in this series, Sousa Palooza, for a reason, because I think we can find some really cool truths about God through some of these basic uh, stories, these these children's stories. And it reminds me of something that's happening inside of every one of us every day. Every day. Here's the deal. We are in a battle. Brent mentioned it earlier. We're in a battle. We're in a battle every day. And I think the story of the cat in the hat illustrates the battles that that we go through and how it often goes down. Now, it's not my goal to, like, tear down the cat in the hat and discredit it and make it, like, some sort of terrible thing. A lot of Christians are bad about taking perfectly good books and ruining them. Um, but, you know, cat in the hat's a great story. I think you should read it to all your kids. Awesome. Said. Done. But I think it illustrates a lot about how we manage temptation in our life and how the, the, the story of our life plays out and we manage it. And so let's take a look at that. I, I, I want to jump right in as, as I... Think about the spiritual battle that we face every day and how to overcome imp- imp- temptation. I think about the story of the cat and the hat. Let's jump right in. I want to start with this. There's, there's some bad news. Okay, the bad news is that you're in a battle and you might lose the battle. That, that's the bad news. The good news is you're in a battle and you can win. You can win the battle. And so what we want to talk about this morning is why you might lose this battle, even what it is, the battle, and how you can win. Let me say that again. Why you might lose, but how you can win. So I think as we look through this, uh, we're going to find a couple of reasons, first of all, why you might lose the battle. It's something that we need to be aware of. And the first one is this. It's pretty simple. You might lose the battle because you don't even know that you're in a battle. You don't realize it. Maybe no one ever told you, or maybe it's just something that's never been put uh, in front of you. But you might lose the battle because you don't realize that you're in a battle. So I want to tell you a little bit about this this battle. You might have been to church before, and you've heard about, you know, there's a battle for your soul. And you're kind of like, well, that sounds really kind of creepy, and I don't even know what he's talking about. Or maybe you've never even thought about spiritual things, and you're just here because, honestly, you're at the YMCA, and you thought there was a spinning class in the gym at, like, 1030, and you're like, what is this guy going to be over soon? I don't know. But you might lose if you don't know that you're in the battle. Let's talk about the battle. There's a guy in the Bible, his name is Paul. Paul uh, talks about his battle all the time, the struggle that he has, this internal struggle that he has to, to do right or, or to do wrong, and it goes back and forth. And he talks about the battle in detail in a book called Ephesians. He writes this letter to a church in Ephesus. So we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6, and when we're starting in verse 10, I just want to talk about this battle from, from Paul's words. He says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. So that's from the Bible, from so the book of Ephesians. If you don't have a Bible today, it's cool. We're going to have all the Bible verses on the screen behind me. But if you need one, like you don't have one or you want one, we give them away for free. There are some green paperback ones on the floor spread out throughout the room. You can take one of those if you like. Um, but we'll be in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to unpack this battle that Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 6. When when I say that we're in a battle every day, the first thing you might think of is like, yeah, I'm in a battle. Like maybe the battle you're in is like, like a diet battle. You're, you're battling weight, or you're, you're battling health, or you're battling some kind of dietary thing, or maybe your battle is. A battle with a relationship or a battle with an employer. Maybe your battle is like you're in a battle with the IRS right now, and you're like, that's my battle, and I'm totally dealing with it. But please understand me when I say that the battle that we're in is much deeper than any of that stuff. It's a spiritual battle. It's a battle of us caught between a loving God who wants us to do good and spiritual forces of evil who want to drag us down to make us do evil. And it's not just a plot for a blockbuster movie. It's real life. It's spiritual war. And I want you to know that you're in it. And if you don't know that you're in it, you might lose. But if you can be aware that you're in it, you can win. So Paul urges us in this verse, he says, put on the armor of God because we're in a battle. There's armor that you need to wear. You can check out the rest of Ephesians chapter 6, and he talks more and more about the armor. We're not going to get in that today. We will on another day. But he says this, we need to take our stand against the devil's schemes. See, one reason you might lose this battle is because you you don't realize you're in it. You might lose the battle because you don't take it seriously. Like, you hear, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I understand there's bad stuff in the world and there's good stuff in the world. I get that. I watch the news, right? I get that. But you don't take it seriously. And maybe for you, because this is the way I've been so many times, you're like, seriously? Like, the devil and God have time to worry about me, right? But this is what God tells us. We're in a battle... And we need to gear up because you might lose. But you can win. You can definitely win. If, if you become a Christian, this is how this works. God is right there with you all the time. He's there to fight your battles with you and many times for you. And that's not all. There are evil forces as well who are vying for your attention and for your heart. And let me tell you why. This is why. Because if you become a Christian and you choose to live for God, you become a threat to them. Because your goals are opposite of their goals. The things you live for are the opposite of the things they live for. And they want to drag you down, and they want to destroy you. That is is what they have set their their lives for. At one point, they were created by God, kind of like angels. But they chose to disobey Him and rebel against Him, and now they live in a spiritual realm. And it's crazy, because I, I I love where we are with this, because... The type of church that we are, we say we're church for people who don't like church. And our goal is to really tear down the walls that have kept people away from church so that we can build bridges to the thing that matters most. And you might think that a church like that would say, we're just going to kind of glaze over the hard stuff. We're just going to float on by it because you know what? That really makes people uncomfortable. No, we're tearing down the stuff that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what color your carpet is or where you put a water fountain in the hallway. That's the stuff we're tearing down. We don't care what you wear to church. Clothes are not optional. You should wear them. It's not about what you wear. It's not about necessarily even what you do on Saturday night. It's about learning how to connect with the heart of God. And so we're not going to glaze over the hard stuff. We're going to say, man, you know, there is some hard stuff. And let's talk about it. Let's be real. There's a spiritual battle happening, and it's for every one of us. But what we need to understand is this. Sometimes we set God and Satan up on, like, two pedestals, and we say, really, it's a battle between the titans here. There's God and there's Satan. I want to to clarify something and make it very, very bold. They're not equals. Satan doesn't have a power over you. What he has is the ability to deceive you. The first reason you might lose this battle is because you don't know that you're in a battle. The second reason you might lose this battle, that you can win, by the way, is because you don't understand how temptation works. Maybe you don't understand how the battle is being fought. And I want to take a second to talk about temptation. Um, so let's get back to the cat in the hat. The character of the cat, he shows up, right, and he's all full of fun and games. And his role that he plays, he, he's very mischievous. That's, that's what the cat does, right? And, and he leads the kids into trouble. And let me just clarify again, the cat from the cat in the hat is not the devil. But the way he leads these kids astray is very similar to the way that, that the devil works. He walks in and he says, we're going to have fun. That is funny. And your mother will surely not mind, right? And these kids are like, oh, that sounds good. Let's go fly a kite and break all the pictures. That would be great. Do they know that their mother minds? Yeah, they know. They've probably spent many hours looking at a corner because they know that their mother doesn't want them to do that. But the cat comes in and he makes it sound fun. One reason you might lose the battle is because you don't understand how temptation works. The devil, he's an overgrown brat, who probably needs a few timeouts and a trip to the woodshed. His goal is to drag you down and to deceive you and to lie to you. Let's, let's hear what uh, Jesus' friend John had to say about the devil. This is from John, uh, the book he writes in the Bible, chapter 8, verse 44. He says about the devil, there is no truth in him, the devil. Did you catch that? There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language because he's the father of of lies it's lies 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 deception 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 and it's a battle for your life and the devil is a deceiver and that is how he works and that's why Paul says there in verse 11 of our big verse we're reading he says so put on the full armor of God why so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes his schemes let me tell you they're brilliant brilliant schemes his schemes often come, the devil doesn't show up in a pitchfork, and, and, and the pointy ears, and the pointy tail, like, ha ha, I'm the devil. No, no, the devil shows up, man, let me just be real with you. The devil shows up as a possible financial gain. The devil shows up as super cute girls. The devil shows up as super charming guys. He often shows up with a money back guarantee and a side of fries and a Coke. Like, that's how the devil works. And it looks good, and, and I want to try that. I got this on the stage to show you how. Can we turn this on? You recognize this? It's going to work. Here it comes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So my grandparents, they live way out in the country. It's coming on. They live out the country. You guys, you guys recognize this thing? It's a bug zapper. And uh, my grandparents live way out in the country. Uh, have you ever been to Cresswell, North Carolina? Anybody? I think yeah. you guys have. Yep. Uh, if you went there and you weren't related to somebody that lives there, you were probably lost. And I'm sorry, and I hope you brought your own gas, because there's no gas station. It's BYOG, you know, bring your own gas. Um, for real, like, you just got to bring some, because you're not going to get any gas. So out there in the country, and when I was a kid, they had these uh, these bug zappers. And I remember, I, I got this one just for this illustration, um, but uh, the, the bug zapper that my granddad had, it looked a lot less safe than this. I think it was homemade, had like a, like you could put your whole hand in there, like there were birds stuck in his, bu- I'm not making that up, like birds stuck in his bug zapper. But the way this thing works is a very simple principle, and it's the same way that the devil works for us, man. It's, it's like this. I, I don't know how much you know about bugs, but I'm super scientific, and here's what I know about bugs. Uh, bugs, they think light is pretty. Uh, don't, don't hear anybody. They might tell you, like, they, 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 wanna, they think they're going navigating by the moon or stars or something. No, no. Bugs, they, they don't think that much. They just think light is pretty, okay? And so... <laughs> I don't know how much a bug can possibly think. They're, they're only this big, so how big can their brains possibly be? But I just picture they're driving through, they're flying through my grandma's yard, and she's got this bug zapper, and they're like, look, my bug, my brain's small. Ooh, pretty. And then they're just like, oh, my love. I must come to thee. And then, and then they're dead. And that's, and it's really easy for us to be like, yeah, those bugs are stupid, stupid bugs. Oh, man, we do the same stuff all the time. The same stuff all the time. We're like, man, I'm just going to go hang out at the bar and drink with the boys until I can't feel my feet. And, dude, that's going to be so good. And, it, and you're an alcoholic, and you're stuck in an addiction for the rest of your life. And it looked cool, and it was this light glowing, and it was like, ooh, then, it's got you. And then you go, and 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 maybe for you it's like, man, I'm in this marriage and it's going well. But you know what? She's kind of a cutie, so I'm going to go check her out because, woo! Then, it's got you, and on and on it goes. Man, here's how the devil works: he has these schemes, he sets us up, and it's like a bug zapper, and we're drawn in. We run into this love affair with something that looks so beautiful, yet it never delivers. You're in a battle, and you might lose this battle if you don't know how temptation works. I want you to evaluate for yourself right now. What is it that draws me in? What is it that makes me passionate about what I do with my life? If you set up your plans for the weekend based on just what can make you feel good, run that back and ask yourself, does that ever actually make me feel good? Or is it temporary? And I could go down the list of all the things that drag us in, but I think that you know because you're a lot smarter than a bug we got to be ready because there's a battle. But you can win this battle. You totally can win this battle. The devil's a liar. And that's the way he works. But I want you to know this. He has no power over you except to deceive you. When you find yourself getting pulled into something that you just know internally is just not right, here's a question that I encourage you to ask yourself. I encourage you to ask yourself this question. What lie am I believing right now? Because if you set it up like this, lies are, are also represented in the Bible as darkness, okay? So there's lies and there's darkness, and they're over here in this camp. And on this side, there's another thing. So you guys know darkness, right? What is the opposite of darkness? Somebody tell me. Light, light. So there's darkness. So put over here the opposite of darkness is light. And so over here is lies. What is the opposite of Lies. Truth And so let me just give you something really quick to help you out as you fight this battle. The way this works is this. There's darkness over here, and God says, you know what? The world is full of darkness, but God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. He says, the light shines into the darkness, and the darkness does not understand it. How do we overcome darkness? How do we overcome lies? You overcome darkness by shining a light. You overcome lies shining the truth and so as you face temptation and things in your life that drag you down you've got to stop yourself you might need to get a buddy to come alongside you and like dude i am senseless right now tell me what lie i'm believing and if you can shine that truth into that lie you will expose it and it has no power over you anymore you're in a battle and you might lose if you don't know how temptation works but now you do and knowing is half the battle that's what gi joe said Third reason that you might lose this battle, it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, Let's let's look back at the rest of this verse that Paul says in Ephesians. He says, verse 12 of chapter uh, 6, he says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. What Paul is saying, listen, is this. I I think there's a lot of things we battle with, but what you need to understand is the things that you're battling with are not the physical things. It's not the financial gain, it's not the cute girl, and it's not the charming guy. In fact, all of those, are they could be good things. I hope you find an awesome, charming guy who can serve God alongside you. And it's like, sweet, I found a charming guy, and it's not a distraction, it's not a temptation. But those things can be used as decoys. For something deeper, a spiritual battle. He says, Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers and authorities, against the spiritual forces of evil in the dark world. Uh, what he's saying is, this battle is a spiritual battle. It's deeper than anything that you can imagine on the fleshly level. Our battle is a spiritual battle, and the truth is, we don't have the strength to fight this battle on our own because it's spiritual. The spiritual realm is something that we can't tap into as readily. And so the third reason that you might lose this battle is this. You don't know where to get the strength to fight. Like you might know because there's a battle. And you might know, okay, there's temptation to understand how it works now. But you're just like, but I'm just tired. I just can't fight this anymore. I'm so addicted or I'm so far in or I'm so far down the path. I just can't get away from it. And Paul says, listen, this is how you fight this. You've got to find the strength in the right places. See, you'll lose this war you're in if you don't understand where to get the strength. And sometimes we fall in the camp of, there's, there's kind of two camps. One camp we fall into is we say, oh, well, if, if I've got to fight this battle on my own, then I'm done. I can't fight this battle. That's one camp. On the other camp, you could say, you know what? Bring it on. I'm going to fight this battle. And you try to go toe-to-toe with the devil, which is a bad idea. Because he, he does have power. He doesn't have power over you, but he has power. And he can lead you astray, and you don't want to go toe to, him, toe to toe with him by yourself. That's not possible. So where do you get the strength? Well, uh, I want to explain it like this, uh, with kind of a story, kind of analogy. We've got this. Um, we got this class we do called Venture Basics, and uh, this is kind of the story we use to wrap up the whole class uh, every every time we do. It's a six week class. We'll do another one in the fall. I encourage you guys to join in if you haven't yet. Uh, it's great way we'll to just learn some truths about God, but. Um, This is a story that we can kind of look at. So one evening, an old Cherokee is talking to his grandson. It's an old Cherokee legend. He says, My son, the battle is between two wolves inside of us all. Two wolves. One is evil. He is anger, envy, jealousy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. That's one wolf. He's an evil wolf. The other wolf is good. He's joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. So there's two wolves, good and evil. And the grandson pauses for a minute, and he looks back at his grandfather, and he says, Grandfather, which wolf will win? And the grandfather looks back at him, and he says, the one you feed will win. This is a picture of spiritual battle, and it's a picture of where we find strength. Strength. If you become a Christian, God moves into your life through the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about this Holy Spirit in just a second, a little bit more, if if that's kind of a new concept to, to maybe somebody in here. But the Bible also says that not only does the Holy Spirit move alongside with us, but that our old selves, our old, envious, greedy, dirty, sinful, messed up people, broken selves, we're still there. We don't just run away. And so this battle commences within us, just like the wolves, And there's God fighting his battle alongside us through his Holy Spirit. And there's also our old self who really kind of wants to come back to the top and lead. And that's what the devil uses. He uses our own evil desires to lead us astray. And and if you are a Christian and you're honest, you'll say, yeah, that's true. (laughs) It's totally true. I get that every day. So the question is, who will win? Well, the one you feed will win. And the one you starve will win will lose. How do you feed the good side? Well, here's how. Every time you read your Bible, you feed the good side. Every time you pray, you feed the good side. Every time you try to have faith in God rather than yourself you feed the good side. Every time you memorize some scripture and try to apply it in your life, you feed the good side. Every time you have fellowship and encouragement with a good group of God-honoring people, you feed the good side. Every time you help somebody out of God's love, you feed the good side. Every time you're generous with your finances towards God's kingdom, you feed the good side. Every time you attend church and just come and be with people, you feed the good side. And you see spoonful by spoonful, by helping by helping, by plate by plate. It's a buffet of feeding the good side. And maybe you feel a little bit hungry right now. I want you to know that if you don't know how to feed the good side, you might lose, lose this battle. But you can win. How will you feed the good side? The converse is true. It's kind of cool. Because the side you feed will win, but the side you starve will lose. And so you're tempted by, I don't know, something sexually. I know it's a big thing in our culture right now. And you say, no. And you starve the bad side. And you're tempted to be angry out of rage for no particular reason but that you're selfish. And you say, no, I'm not going to do that. And you starve the evil side. And you decide that you are not going to steal or cheat or lie. And you starve the evil side. And the side that you feed will win. There's so much more we could talk about when it comes to feeding the good. But here's what I want you to know. We're in a battle. And if you don't know where to get strength from to fight, you might lose. But you can win. It's a winnable battle. So, last reason. So we talk, talked through three reasons. First, that you might not even know that you're in a war, and I hope that now you know that you're in a war and that you'll, you'll care. Secondly, that you don't know how temptation works, and maybe now you understand that a little bit better. Thirdly, that you don't know how to feed the good side so that you can fight. And fourthly is this, and it's pretty simple but it's pretty deep, that you don't listen to the voice of truth. If you don't listen to the voice of truth, you might lose this battle when you look at the story of the cat in the hat there's this uh there's this goldfish in the bowl right and he spends the whole book going oh your mother will not like this oh you should not go there oh don't do that and the kids never listen. and if they had just listened what they didn't realize was that the voice of truth the voice of reason the voice of logic was with them all the time but they just didn't listen and the same told truth for us though Satan will tell us lies and try to deceive us, we have something who's constantly with us trying to remind us of the truth. I talked a minute ago about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, it gets a little mixed up for some people. I could teach a lot about it. We could do a whole six-week series just talking about this Holy Spirit. It'd be a really great thing, and we'll probably do it one day. But uh, here's the, the, the basics that is very simple yet very true. First of all, let's talk about Jesus. There's one God. God is one. He's one being. That's it. There's not more than one God. There's only one God. Jesus is when God becomes human. He puts on flesh, and he's a way that we can interact with him as as humans. Now, that happened thousands of years ago, and that part of God's manifestation to us is not currently with us. That's just what Jesus is all about. The Holy Spirit is a lot like Jesus, except better, because the Holy Spirit is God manifesting himself to us in a way directly to our individual souls, a way that he can live life alongside us, a way that he can empower us and give us strength that when we pray, who hears us? Well, God's Spirit is right there with us. He hears us. When we ask for something to happen or something to change in the world, who enacts that change? It's God's Holy Spirit. It's God's Spirit moving among human beings. It's an amazing thing. And it's what Jesus says uh, when he's talking about it in John chapter 13. He says, when he, he's talking about the Spirit, when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you in all truth. That's what the Holy Spirit is here to do. He's called our comforter. He's called our guide. And that's who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, it's a lot better than a goldfish that's <laughs> kind of whiny and in a bowl, and we don't want to listen to him. It's the voice of truth. And have you ever experienced this? You know, temptation comes, and there's this voice. There's this whisper. There's something in our soul that says, no, don't do that. And everyone's saying, oh, do it, do it, do it. And the devil's feeding us lies, and he does it through his friends. He does it sometimes through thing one and thing two. I don't know how they fit into the story. I guess that's what their role is. And we start going through this, but then there's this thing inside of us that goes, uh-uh, no, uh-uh, no, uh-uh, no, uh-uh. Don't do that. It's the voice of truth. God speaks to us clearly through the voice of truth. God, through His Spirit, is constantly present in your life, and He's seeking you, and He's trying to guide you in truth. But you know, there's something that really gets in the way of each of us hearing the truth of God, and it's our sin. You know what sin does? Sin is when we disobey God or we don't do what he asks us to do. That's what sin is. And every time we sin, it, it builds a barrier. It builds somewhat of a wall between us and God. That's what sin does. It builds a wall. And if you know anything about walls, the taller and the thicker they get, the harder it is to hear through them. And so the spirit of truth is going, hey, there, buddy, Chris, pay attention. I'm trying to tell you something. And I'm like, I can't hear you. I got this big wall of sin next to me. But this is the beautiful thing about God. He came in the form of Jesus. Can I tell you what Jesus is all about? Breaking down that wall. He tears it down. He's like, I want to guide you. I want to lead you. And I'm going to tear down that wall of sin between you and me. I don't like it when analogies fall apart, but kind of the cat in the hat analogy falls apart a little bit for me a little bit. Because in the beginning, the cat is kind of like the devil, right? But in the end, what does he do? He gets his or uh, wiggle machine or whatever he's got, and what does he do? He cleans up the entire house. Guys, that's what Jesus does for us. He comes in and he cleans up the entire house. He makes the mess right. He puts things back in order so that we can live the life that he designed for us to live. And every day we'll still fight the battle. And every day the wolves will fight from within, and we have to decide which side are we going to feed. But the voice of truth says, I'm right here with you, bro. I'm right here with you. I got you. Just listen to me. Feed yourself with my goodness and my truth and my love. We've made a mess, like the kids in the book, and we're in a battle. And we've been deceived by bug zappers and all kinds of cute girls and and charming guys and big paychecks. But God's got something much bigger. Today, if you're just checking out church for the first time, or maybe it's just your first time in church in a long time, let me just, can I just say this to you? Like, I'm not going to ask you to do anything crazy, like walk forward and share all your dirty laundry. Like, that's just not not what we're about. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Think about this battle and ask yourself, do I hear any truth in that? And then all I want you to do is just give it one more week. Come back. Just come back and, and just hear some more of that. I'll tell you what, man, it'll change your life. Ask some of these people who have recently gone from where you are right now saying, I don't know about God, I don't know about church, just saying, yes, I'm in. And it's changing their life and it's changing their families. Maybe you, you have already decided to live for Jesus and that's, that's your deal. You're a Christian. That's awesome. I'm glad you're here too. My challenge for you is, is to ask this question. How's the battle going? And which side are you feeding right now? This morning, I hope fed the good side for you some, and I hope that you'll set up some things, some protocol for yourself to begin feeding the good in you, because you're in a battle, and you might lose, but you know what? You can win, because that's what Jesus is all about. Let me pray for you guys this morning, Lord. We love you. We thank you for this uh, these tools that you've given us to uh, to be in this battle with. Um, You stand alongside us and you fight for us so many times and. You know, sometimes I stand on stage, and I don't know if my words get across what is on your heart. But this is what I love about your voice of truth is that you speak volumes that I can't. And so even at this moment, you might be nudging someone in this room just to think differently about you. And that's all all that I ask is that your love can shine through what we do here. And that it will overflow into this community, that this city will be changed, that these families will be changed. And I praise you, God, for the moms and the dads and the kids that were on stage this morning. They just represent a fresh start. that All of us wish we could get a fresh start sometimes, And these guys have it. So maybe as a community, we can be there for these kids and just be examples and mentors and role models. Thank you for Dr. Seuss. I don't know uh, if he ever imagined uh, a, a church teaching a series based on his books, but... Um, it's just a way to just be fun. So I thank you for all of that, and I just pray as we move to this next time that you'll be with us and move among us. So We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.